Part One, Chapter One of The Luggage of Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. The Luggage of Life by Frank W. Borham. Part One, Chapter One The Luggage of Life. Life is largely a matter of luggage so soon as a child can toddle he displays an insatiable passion for carrying things he is never so happy as when he is loaded his face beams with delight when his back is burdened to the point of breaking a few months later he cries for a wooden horse and cart that he may further gratify his inordinate longing for luggage and if these appetites be not humoured he will exhaust his unconsecrated energies in pushing the chairs tugging at tables and carrying the cat the instinct is there you can no more deny him his load than you can deny him his lunch the craving for both is born in him in his autobiography thomas gerthrie tells how the blood of the scottish lads in his native village was stirred as the echoes of waterloo reached that remote hamlet many a time he says did we boys tramp a mile or two out of town to meet troops marching to the war and proud we were to be allowed to carry a soldier's musket which the poor fellows burdened with all the heavy accoutrements of those days and wearied with a twelve-hour march on a hot summer's day were glad enough to resign to us here is the same subtle law in operation man often loves without knowing that he loves and little as he suspects it he is deeply in love with his load he groans beneath it as a man grumbles at the wife of his bosom but if it were taken from him he would be almost as disconsolate as if she were taken from him if we were boys at school we learned ludicrous lessons about the weight of the air how we laughed as we listened to the doctrines of torricelli and heard that every square inch of surface has to sustain a weight of fifteen pounds how we roared at our rollicking scepticism when our schoolmasters assured us that we were each of us being subjected to a fearful atmospheric pressure of no less than fourteen tons but mr h g wells has drawn for us a picture of men unladen his heroes mr cavour and mr bedford have found their way to the moon the fourteen tons of air are no longer on their shoulders the atmospheric pressure is removed they have lost their load and they nearly lose their lives in consequence they cannot control themselves they can scarcely keep their feet on the soil the slightest spring of the foot and they bound like a ball into mid-air if they attempt to leap over an obstructing boulder they soar into space like larks and land on a distant cliff or alight on an extinct volcano life becomes weird ungovernable terrible they are lost without their load which things are symbolic it is part of the pathos of mortality that we only discover how dearly we love things after we have lost them we behold with surprise our affections like torn and bleeding tendrils hanging desolate lamenting mutely the commonplace object about which they had entwined themselves so is it with the lading and luggage of life we never wake up to the delicious luxury of being heavily burdened until our shoulders miss the load that galled them if we grasped the deepest philosophy of life a little more clearly we might perhaps fall in love with our luggage the baby instinct is perfectly true our load is as essential to us as our lunch 
very few people have been actually crushed in this old world of many burdens and those who have were not the most miserable of men it will not be at all astonishing if the naturalists of tomorrow assure us that the animal world knows no transport comparable to the fierce and delirious ecstasy of the worm beneath the heel it would only be a natural and perfectly logical advance upon our knowledge of livingstone's sensations beneath the paw of the lion at any rate it is clear that man owes as much to his luggage as a ship owes to her keel it seems absurd to build her delicately and then burden her dreadfully but the sailor loves the heavy keel and the full freight it is the light keel and the empty hold that have most reason to dread the storm blessed be ballast is a beatitude of the forecastle such is the law of life's luggage but the new testament gives us a still loftier and lovelier word bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfil the law of christ and these laws and the law of nature and the law of christ are not conflicting but concordant the one is the bud the other is the blossom for christ came not to remove life's luggage but to multiply our burdens it is true of course that he said come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden but he only invited them that he might offer them his yoke and his burden here is something worth thinking about christ gives rest to the heart by giving burdens to the shoulders and as a matter of fact it is in being burdened that we usually find rest the old testament records the sage words of an old woman in addressing two younger ones the lord grant said naomi that ye may find rest each of you in the house of her husband who ever heard of a woman finding rest in the house of her husband and yet and yet the restless hearts are not the hearts of wives and of mothers as many a lonely sick must be nursed the wounded must be tended the frail must be cherished these two must be permitted to play their part in the shaping of human destiny they also may love and wed and become fathers and mothers the weaknesses of each are taken back into the blood of the race the frailty of each becomes part of the common heritage and in the last result if our men are not all apollos and if our women do not all resemble venus de medici it is largely because we have millions with us who but for the law of christ operating on rational ideals would have had no existence at all in a christian land under christian laws we bear each other's burdens we carry each other's luggage it is the law of christ the law of the cross a sacrificial law the difference between savagery and civilization is simply this that we have learned in our very flesh and blood to bear each other's burdens and so fulfil the law of christ we set out with dr guthrie let us return to him he is excellent company he is describing with a glow of satisfaction one of the ragged schools he established in edinburgh i remember he says going down the high street early one morning and seeing a number of our children coming up one of them was born on the shoulders of another and on my asking the reason he said that the little fellow had burned his foot that night before and he was carrying him to school that said the doctor emphatically would not have happened in any other school in edinburgh it is a parable it is the law of life's luggage it is the law of christ end of part one chapter one recording by chad horner from ballyclare in county antrim northern ireland